Welcome to Best Laid Plans, a Malifaux podcast. Episode 9, Nephilim vs. Apex. Welcome back to Best Laid Plans. We are here today, after far too long away from you, gentle listeners, with a new game played between two newcomers to the format. Before we introduce them, I am contractually obligated to bow down and thank Kimberly due to her patron level, and I hope you all wishing for the same, go and check us out on Patreon. Thank you very much. Now, without further ado, in corner the first, we have Scott. Scott, go ahead and say hello. Tell the people where they can find you. Hello, everyone. Uh, I play out of Northwest Ohio Meta, and also we have a new podcast. We have have about four or five episodes out, Breach Burnt Midwest Malifo, so uh, check us out. Excellent. And he will be playing in the far corner, Jim. Jim, go ahead and introduce yourself and do the same. Hey, everybody. Jim here. I am on the other coast, which you can hear on podcatchers of good quality and dubious quality. Um, I play out of the East Coast meta, specifically in the Maryland-Baltimore area. And I've also got a little YouTube channel if you want to go and watch me play Vassal Games of Malifaux. Yeah, thanks for having us. Happy you're both here with us today. So we have a, a bit of an impromptu, entirely unplanned battle of the podcasts with a third podcast overseeing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a joke to be made there, but it's not coming to me at the moment. But today, for our Best Laid Plans pool, these two will be playing Break the Line on Standard Deployment, and we are using the All option for our scheme selection in the app, which is the perfect way to wait out while we wait for Gaining Grounds 3 to appear, and even once it's here, keep mixing it up. It's real fun. Uh, so we have Lugercon's Clover, which is one of the holiday schemes that they added in. Spread them out, catch and release, Vendetta, and hold up their forces. They will be playing on the Vassal map Come and Take It, which is a sun-blasted land with a bit of cobblestone road that looks suspiciously like a very large southern state that one should not mess with without consulting a doctor first. Within this map, there is a hill, a few patches of trees pretty well scattered, some dense and concealing mist, various scatter terrain here and there, some hazardous uh, cacti, and some razor wire, and a few rocks. We have deployed. Scott, would you uh, describe your deployment for the listeners at home? Well, I am running Nekama 2 for the most part. I am centrally deployed between a cactus and a house, so I can make the most out of growing my models early on. I do have uh, two youngs out on the wings, so to go over my list, give you an idea, I have uh, Nekama, the Bloodhunter, Black Blood Shaman, three young Nev, one mature with the Ancient Pact, and one Terratot. So I have the two youngs out on the side, and they'll be obviously to uh, run my strats and schemes, and then we'll kind of dirtle in the middle to get my forces up to go forth and eat. Awesome. I like that idea. And Jim, if you would do the same of go ahead and go over your crew and then kind of paint a picture for the listeners of where they are deployed. 
Absolutely. So I went with the entire contents of Cooper's core box. So Cooper, his three runaways, Artemis and Uller, and Model 9. And I've added to that a pair of Crypsis Core and a pair of Ataki Huntsmen. Currently, the runaways are evenly spaced on the center line in between the four Break the Line markers. And I've deployed in a pretty solid line center-left on my deployment zone. So Artemis is the only one who's kind of off by herself in the middle of some trees. But it's Cooper surrounded by his friends and all kind of all in that one spot. Awesome. You mentioned the Break the Line markers. Where are they placed on the center line? Are they fairly centralized? Are they more spread out to one side or the other? Uh, I mean, Scott, what do you think? I I think they're pretty evenly spaced, to be honest. Yeah, they're you got three of them that are what I would call mainly in the middle third of the board, and then we have one all the way on the right-hand side by the boxes, for anyone who's familiar with the this map. So could definitely devolve into a scrum in the middle and who can move these markers the best. Mm-hmm. Awesome. With that, I believe we had Scott, you were the attacker, correct? Correct. Excellent. So let's go ahead and start with you. Jim, you can go ahead and step away from your headphones. All right. And we will talk with Scott for our pregame discussion here first. Into pregame things. Scott, first off, why Neverborn and why Nekama? Well, I wanted to uh, give... Nekama some more practice. I've only played two games with her previous to this, so this will be a uh, good way to get some more practice against an opponent I've never played against. Also, in this uh, one, the young Neff are really good break the line with their fly with me, be able to move the marker twice. Probably not the most survivable models, but they also hit well above their weights in a lot of occasions. Got the plus flip involved, uh, a very good damage track for a seven soul stone model. With the recursion that Nakama brings, just will help if uh, he takes out a few key models, especially with all the long-range guns he has. I can uh, hopefully quickly uh, replace them and continue to score my my points with, uh, with the new models. Obviously, models I summon can't do the strategy, but they can still do the schemes. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So that that covered a little bit of my second question for you: of why did you pick the models you brought, but? You read ahead and did the homework. I should mention, I meant to do this earlier, but we're also having both of you play crews that you haven't necessarily played a ton of before. So we'll be also asking about uh, your mindset as you dig into a crew that you're less familiar with, like a a newer player would, as a, a way for anybody listening, wondering how best to grab a new crew. This will be a good way to look at the mindset behind that. Important question, what schemes did you select? So I uh, chose Catch and Release with my third young Nephilim, who is out on my left wing behind a hill with rocks and forests on there. So I uh, specifically put him out there so I don't accidentally grow him. And my thought on that is if I do grow him into mature, it paints big target on him for his guns where if I stay a little bit small, I can also use the terrain a little bit more to my advantage. Figuring that Model 9 is going to be one of his major runners for the Break the Line, because the fact that he can just get away from uh, 
get away from uh, being engaged, and he's uh, quick. He has a lot of movement tricks. Obviously, the dogs are probably going to be doing it too because they have a lot of movement tricks too, but I think he that's going to be the major one. And I took the St. Patrick's Day one. I'm not even going to pronounce that last that first word. <laughs> and uh, I picked it for the size four building in the middle and the boulder to the right of it. So I do have a lot of uh, abilities in this crew to get out ski markers outside of just interacting. So I figure if I just randomly throw some markers over there that maybe he won't be expecting it as opposed to some of the more uh, standard schemes. So uh, maybe I might be able to uh, throw him a surprise on that. And the last part of it is uh, is easy, easily done, I think. So uh, I figured I'd give that a try since new crews will try new schemes. Sounds good. I like the, the logic there. So you've kind of blended some of this in with answers you've given so far, but what was your thought process in this choice of deployments in combination of the strategy, the schemes, and the crew you're, you're facing across the table? Like, how did that all kind of come together into what we would call a strategy? Well, I've played against Lord Cooper quite a bit. I have one of the local guys I play with, played him a lot when Explorers came out. So my idea on this was, one, I wanted to deny him the hill. I don't want Lord Cooper up there shooting his uh, hellfire down upon me. And also Mm -hmm. um, to have as much terrain near the center line that I can hide behind. So then when it comes time to have to jump out, I'll be near the strategy markers to get them moved before he can hopefully shoot me off the board. And also the cactus in the house in my deployment zone and with that hill in front of it should not give him any early turn one shots at my models. I've unfortunately have lost mature Nephilims before they activated to Lord Cooper through my own stupidity. So uh, I'm trying to avoid those mistakes. I have to say my own stupidity is a very strange name for a gun, even one as big as Cooper's. Well, I know the uh, gun culture is very weird too. So, you know, they like to name their guns very (laughs) weird things. Understood. Based on having seen Lord Cooper before and uh, your knowledge of it, what schemes do you think Jim has has taken? I would expect Vendetta. I mean, he's got plenty of guns to uh, choose from. And he has some of them are cost six, so he could even go after my young and or my mature Nephilim because he knows I'm going to be getting in his face with that because that's where he does his work. And there are quite a bit of uh, movement tricks with this crew that even if I were to accidentally engage his vendetta target, he has lots of stuff he can do to push him out and then shoot my mature in the face. Or he may just have Model 9 that could also do vendetta. Probably not Model 9 because, uh, like I said, I think he's going to be one of his main models to move the break the line markers, but you never know. Got it. That seems reasonable. Yeah. His other one, um, I really have no clue. I mean, Lord Cooper can be deceptive in scheme running, but he is not the best at it. So maybe a one where he can uh, drop just random markers all over the place. Although, I would expect probably more likely uh, hold up their forces. Um, if he took catch and release, that's going to be a tough one because I only have one target for that, and Nekma tends to stay near the back. So, But 
uh, something to watch out for. That makes sense. Uh, I I could see those being options. Okay, so to kind of sum up your your general strategy in an easy to swallow pill, it sounds like overall you are limiting his visibility to you and aiming for getting break the line points set up through aggressive uh, mobility uh, before he can aggressively bullet them into Swiss yep, cheese. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, I'm a much quicker crew than him. Now, obviously, the dogs in Model Nine, but his his gunmen, if I can stay out of their line of sight, and they have to move. Uh, any any of his guns that move, that's a win for me. Or I should say, any of his guns that walk, that's a win for me. Got it. All right, I think that wraps us up for pregame. Uh, you go get a drink or something, and I will get Jim in here, and we will talk with you both after round one. Sounds like a plan. So, Jim, let's start at the top. Why uh, did you pick this faction and your leader selection of Lord Cooper? Because I have not played a single game of Lord Cooper. <laughs> Perfect. That fits exactly into our theme for this game. Mm-hmm. You you already win points, uh, just not game winning points. Uh, yeah, I know. I hope hopefully those will follow. <laughs> but no, I have been thinking about Cooper for a while, mostly because he plays a style where it's kind of all in. He, he's a high impact activation master, and I typically struggle to use masters that are built like that. Like, I really like the Terra ones where they're just kind of running and scheming all the time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every time I try and play someone who's like a, a Seamus or a, a, theoretically a Cooper where it's like, I got one activation or one action, I'm going to pull black jokers on it. So I'm kind of doing it as a test for myself to see if I can make it work. little challenge for myself sort of thing. All right. I dig it. As as someone who often is more interested in, in clever scheming mm-hmm. mobility and less in the, the murder, I mm-hmm. you're speaking my language, and I applaud you for stretching out and, and trying something a little different. Specifically, why the crew build that you went with? What was your thought process in building the crew beyond just, yes, Cooper, big gun? Two concurrent and complimentary answers. The first is that this is what happens if you buy Cooper and the Crypsis minion box. So if I were to enjoy this game and want to pick up Cooper, I'm looking at a sub $100 purchase. So fully economics-minded in my head. The second is when I have heard about and read about Cooper, I've heard positive things about running double Crypsis core. Mm Mm-hmm. Specifically, their le- um, Beneath the Leaves ability, which extends hazardous effects, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've got some Crypsis Core within range of that hazardous barbed wire at the top. Ah. So by deploying there, um, well, A, it's Nikima. She's going to be running the melee game. Mm-hmm. Eventually, our crews are going to have to interact based on the scheme pool. I don't want to be in punch range, so I have to be able to interact with her at range, hence the gun line. I do think that Artemis and Uller have a lot of scheming potential by their lonesome, and I'm not expecting to really 
kick any one particular strategy marker too far, but rather try and kick a couple of them over and then keep my opponent away from them or punish him for going in on them and win the and win via that way. If that makes sense. Yeah, I get it. Instead of, of focusing on grab a couple markers and just run with them as far as you can, very much the Yes, it's over the line. I dare you to come throw it back. Right. And and that's part of why I put the runaways where I did. Because they can't kick the cans themselves, but they can cling desperately to the Nephilim for support and keep them from kicking the can. Okay. Makes so sense. That'll slow slow him down a little bit. The one on the right, on the far right, I've kind of accepted that he's going to get two points off of that unless I send like model nine go by himself there. And I'm not sure I want to do that just yet. Mm. So we'll see how it un- how it develops there. Okay. I like the awareness and flexibility in, in the room for the plan. I think that's an important aspect of the game that not everybody uh, consciously takes into account. Sounds like you have a good plan on the strategy. Uh, what schemes did you pick? So going with the idea of my opponent is going to try and punch me in the face. I took hold of their forces. Vitagi are pretty cheap at six stones. I'm pretty sure young are seven. Mm-hmm. So the majority of his crew is more expensive than mine. So I should be able to get hold of their forces pretty easily. Assuming I live right. That's the, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the key. <laughs> that's the kicker. The other one I took was vendetta, which I don't think is going to be a surprise of Crypsis Core number mm-hmm. two and the mature Nephilim. I like taking number twos or number threes for Vendetta because when you click it, if you have multiples of a minion, I think most people default to the first one because it's like the first in the list. Mm-hmm. So I just took the second mm-hmm. to not a real big sideways, but I mean, the Crypsis Core are snipers. The mature has to get close to me to score any kind of points. And if I just plink him a single hit when he's at half wounds, that's a point. So mm-hmm. th- that's what I picked. Nice. I think uh, given what I know about Cooper and what you've said about Cooper, those seem like pretty solid choices. Hold up the, the trick will be how mobile is he versus where you're sending your people, but mm-hmm. you're very aware of that anyway, and it'll be a question of does he come into your trap? I'm really, I'm really digging the narrative that we have going on here. Of Cooper got tired of hunting Marcus and looked for big winged people game. Mm-hmm. It's just skeet shooting. It's just <laughs> very angry skeet shooting. Yeah, skeet shooting at the winged babies. Got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the chunks of meat falling from the sky that she's summoning off of suddenly make a lot more sense. I mean, I'm just curious why she doesn't yell pull every time she tosses a tot. I'm sure it's a it's a cultural thing. Yeah, I, I don't know the Nephilim word for pull. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. kind of put it all together for me. Given uh, deployment, your scheme and strategy choices, the crew across the table from you, how did all that figure into your uh, manner of deployment? As defender, I had to deal with whatever deployment zone I was given. And there's this big old building mm-hmm. in the center right quarter of the board, mm-hmm. and that really cuts down my lines of sight. There's also some concealing over there. I-, I need 
decent lines of sight. So I put myself into the biggest firing lane that I can see. The only real blocker between me and his side of the board is a pair of boxes, which I have a runaway who's about to go slam. So once that box is gone, there's going to be very little cover for at least two of the strategy markers. So I kind of just, I know that he can outspeed me. Mm -hmm. I know that he has a whole section of the board that I currently can't see. I do have some ability to move up while staying a a firebase, and I don't want to get too close and give him the extra range he needs to get a punch in on me, but I will have to move up and leave my deployment zone at some point. So I tried to take the area that has the widest open space for me to walk through. Because despite being, you know, master hunters and fields people, we are impeded. We do not have unimpeded except on our dogs. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to get jumbled up in any of the on the right-hand side, there's a big old rock, so it's a perfect spot for a 50 mil, two melee range, flying mature Nephilim to go and tie up all my guns. Got it. Got got a little long-winded there, but that's kind of the idea. No, you're you're fine. I, I know all about long-winded. Put yourself into Scott's mindset for a second. Mm-hmm. What enemy schemes, or what schemes do you think he took? I honestly can see spread them out and Clover as options. I don't see Vendetta, just because most of my stuff is cheaper than his. Mm-hmm. I can see, I, and for that reason, I also don't see Hold Up Their Forces as much, although the Tots could do it. And with Model 9 being 9 stones, that's one model that he can just throw a Young into and get one of the points. So Hold Up could happen, and it plays into his game. I think spread them out or Clover because Broodmother Nakima has an ability where when I get one of her Nephilim grow, they can drop out a scheme marker in, I think, three inches of them. And there's a really huge number of terrain pieces on my side of the board that are within 12 inches of each other that he could have picked for Clover. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, because it's part of the all packet, Lugercon's Clover is you pick two pieces of terrain within 12 inches of each other on the opponent's side of the board, fully on the opponent's side of the board. And then you have to have two markers in between the area there for the first point, and then the next point you just need your master, or your leader, excuse me, a marker and one of the terrain features all within two. I Dollars to donuts, I bet he could have picked the center building and the forest on my left side as his zone, and he can just park Nikima behind the height four building for the second point at the end of the game. So I would say if I were in his shoes, I'd take Clover on those two buildings and hold up their forces. That would be a solid Clover choice too, because mm-hmm. that is those that is a huge area just between the building and the the forest. Like that is in there if he's fighting and killing my dudes and eating corpses and growing he's just passively making schemes and he can even make it like oh i get this for free i guess i'll drop it here for no reason that is huge spreads also an option but there are ways i have to mass remove scheme markers like oler has he has marked territory so that's a pretty big bubble of remove scheme markers so if he goes for spread i might be able to sniff that out and remove it well, maybe that makes it harder for Clover. I don't know. I think Clover's still the better pick of the two. Okay. 
Well, we will see how that unfolds as the game goes on. As far as if you had to spin your starting strategy into an easy-to-swallow pill, would you say you've set up a, a skeet-shoot arena and waiting for your prey to come into it and making him use his mobility against him? Would you say that's pretty accurate? I would say yes. I would say I'm going to punish him for doing what he wants to do, and if he doesn't do what he wants to do, then I win anyway. So, a win-win trap sort of thing. That sounds like a solid setup. Uh, Let's go ahead and get Scott back in here, and you two can get started, and we'll talk again after round one. And we're back after turn one has completed with Scott. Scott, that was an interesting turn one. What went right for you? Well, what went right was uh, I do have two of the markers on his side of the board. And uh, it's about split on the way I thought. So my left, he is kind of dominating because there's this big open area where all his guns are waiting to uh, shoot me apart. And on the right side of the board, I am sort of kind of dominating. I got a bit of an advantage. That's the side I have the markers on my on his side of the board. Um, but he has killed my summons and one of my young that started the game with his long-range guns. So that did not go as well as hoped. I did kill one of his runaways, but definitely the deaths are on uh, his advantage. Okay, so that also covers a bit of what could have gone better. Uh, anything else to add to that list? Not really. He moved up the board fairly what I was expecting of him, uh, using his uh, out-of-activation moves to get Lord Cooper in range of my men. He did kind of put the little ball of death around Lord Cooper with the uh, Crypsis Core being able to copy the Pit Trap. So if anyone goes in there, that they're going to be taking damage and injured. So I had I had thought about torpedoing my mature Nephilim in there, but I decided probably not a good idea. So I used him to finish off the one runway, so my uh, young or my Teratot that grew into a young could run up there and move uh, the second marker onto his side. A little nervous on how I'm going to score my catch and release my. Minion that I picked is way far away from both his Model 3 and Lord Cooper. So that could be interesting on how I'm going to keep him alive to score that that scheme. I am set up to get my other scheme quite easily. I am controlling that side of the board where I had picked to drop the scheme marker. So we're going to have to see how that goes. Okay, so the Clover is within easy reach turn two you imagine yes but we will have to see how we're doing on catch and release got it well the bullets be a flying and so do your models yes <laughs> given what has happened so far and keeping in mind that more bullets will be coming how does that affect what your plan is going into round two is there anything you're Seeing, Is there anything you're thinking of doing differently going into round two now that you've seen the end of round one compared to what you were planning at the beginning of the game? Not really. My 
plan to score. Everything is basically going the way I expected. I have the young way over here on the right who's going to get this strategy marker eight inches away next turn. And he should be able to get behind a fog bank so that his Crypto score can't just step back and blow him away. The big question is what schemes he's going for. He hasn't really indicated anything so far. He did get a scheme marker down when he killed my young that grew into mature. So there's plenty of train over there for him to do the clover and start spread them out. So I'm thinking my black blood champion may just go over there and pick that up. But other than my young needing to get near his henchman or master, not a whole lot changing right now. Other than the fact that he now, well, he still outnumbers me in models, and uh, it's going to be hard to get that activation control, which is what I'm probably going to need, either that or for him to move his henchmen onto my side of the board for me to score catch and release. Gotcha. Well, any thoughts on uh, strategically what he's doing? I know you'd, at the when we talked before, you'd kind of guessed probably... Uh, I believe Vendetta was one of the options, and then you were kind of waffling on the other possible possibilities. I know you said he hasn't really shown his hand on that front, but is there anything that's making you just have a gut reaction to what you think he might be taking? Not a gut reaction. Still thinking Vendetta. His Crypsis Core and Vitagi Huntsman are still in a position to get it on my young so that's another reason I need to play KG with my young on my left-hand side because he could have Vendetta on that. I'm not thinking he has it on my mature unless he's really taking a big chance with model nine going after my mature. And right now I think he's just using model nine to deny me the strategy. So no, nothing, nothing really coming out. And gut feeling, I'm still going with my initial guess, Vendetta, and then probably uh, hold up your forces. Okay. Sounds good. We will see how it uh, evolves in round two. Okay. Thanks much. Welcome back. Jim, end of round one. What went well for you? I would say, all in all, the turn and the plan are proceeding as I envisioned them. I feel like I was never pressured in activation order. I was able to get a strategy marker across the board, and I was able to take out a mature and a summoned tot. So I've taken out two of his pieces, and I've only lost a single runaway in return. So I'm up on the peace trade. With a gun line, that's a good place to be, especially when facing a melee coming at your face crew. Yeah, and like Scott needs props because he's been really good at using the terrain to not give me a good shot. The only shot I had required me to pull Lord Cooper into the threat of a charge from another mature. And mm. I was only saved because I moved a runaway into the right spot to body block, which I'm going to pretend was totally planned the whole time and not an accident. 
Yeah, that that's the key to to being good at this game is is luck into things mm-hmm. and then act like you meant to do it the whole time. Absolutely, your secret's safe with me, and you know no one else is going to tell. No one will hear this, right? Um, <laughs> I I definitely made a couple misplays. Um, I am feeling the pressure on stones already. Only three stones was pretty light, and I ended up cheating a couple of pretty nice cards to get some simple duels off because I needed to pass them. Uh, specifically, I needed to get Uller to push Cooper up the board to give him focus, because without that extra focus, Cooper's just not reliably, in my eyes, hitting anything with all the concealing around. Mm-hmm. I misplaced one of the Vatagi, so I had to play this weird move, my shuffle my pieces around to draw a single card. I don't know if that was really worth it, but on the whole, I- I'm feeling pretty good about my board state. Nice. I will say mm-hmm. his mature that's on the hiding behind the building and in prime charge range for like half of my gun nest, a little spooky. A little bit spooky. Um, I'm just saved currently because I've got pit traps and that's about it. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, good use of pit traps there. That's for sure. And you you did just cover what could have gone better a little bit as far as the needing of cards and the charge concern of giant angry nephilim. Mm-hmm. Anything else that could have gone better for you? Realistically, I I don't think I can, I have much to complain about for that turn. Yeah, I I don't think there's much else that could. I feel pretty. I I was pretty fortunate that turn. Um, I had a pretty good draw. I landed a... I think every attack I made that was relevant, I, I landed a pretty solid hit. Um, and I flipped a couple of severes on defense for that one runaway, so it took way more effort to put down than it should have. So I mm. have nothing to complain about for that turn. Okay. Uh, based on that, I'm guessing this is going to be a very short answer, but looking forward, based on how this turn has gone for you, uh, have you needed to adjust your plan for turn two at all, or is it pretty well what continuing what your, your plan was we talked about before turn one, keep doing what you're doing? It's keep doing what I'm doing. Excellent. It depends on what his first activation is going to be. I'm going to presume he wins initiative just by virtue of having Ancient Pact. And if I were him, and I'm sorry if I'm preempting the question. Go for it. I, I, no, go for it. He's going to have to go with either the young that grew into it, the Terratot that grew into a young, who's on the strategy marker, or the mature. Because as it is, I threaten killing his Terratot that grew into a young, at which point I'm up three models to one. And I would be in position to possibly move that strategy marker. But I, if I were him, I would go with that young that was a Todd, kick the marker to the other side of me, and then kick it again to be in base with the mature, and then fly with me away because I'm not he's not currently engaged with model nine. That way he gets another strategy point pretty well locked down, gets his squishy uh, young out of line of sight of Cooper. And if I want to go in after it, there's a big, angry, mature, ready to go and eat my face. So that's my guess is what his first act. That or he'll send the mature in to try and punch Model 9 a bit. That's what I'm guessing his first activation is going to be. Sounds reasonable to me. Those both are, are 
Good ideas that I would like to think I'd thought of uh, <laughs> if I were in Scott's position. Uh, as far as how he's playing, mm-hmm. had are you getting any instinct or gut feeling or anything like that on what his schemes might be just after turn one? And are they different than what you were guessing in before turn one? Um, I don't... I don't know. It's not super clear. He's playing very cagey, which suggests he wants to keep his models alive. I think young number three might be either a vendetta or a just keeping low for take uh, for hold of purposes. Because the fact that he didn't cluster everything to get a focus pulse by the shaman turn one, even with his speed makes me feel like maybe there's something about those particular ones. Um, he might go for catch and release now that I think about it, but that would be pretty tough. Mm, maybe he did go for spread them out. Yeah, it's too early to tell, I think. Okay. Perfectly cool. Awesome. That's really all we need for, for turn two. Let's talk to you after turn two. All right. Thanks, Jim. Yeah. Hey friends, Roman here from the future, finding that somehow the audio from post-turn 2 has disappeared, and it is a bit late to get everyone back to talk about it, so I will be giving you my 30-second version. Sorry about this. At the end of turn 2, both players had scored the strategy. More Nephilim had died to further gunfire. One of those was, in fact, Young Nephilim 3, which was Scott's catch-and-release target. So he was playing two points down for the rest of the game without Jim knowing, necessarily. He was aware that that was putting him behind the eight ball a bit, but was not especially down about it. He was ready to troop along and continue trying to plant some clover in the area, which he also didn't get to that turn, but it was because... He was focused on making the best of an opportunity dealing with Model 9, though he did not fully drop the robot that turn. As you may be able to tell from all that, the turn continued to go pretty well for Jim's gunline, as far as skeet shooting Nephilim when they reared their heads, or more accurately, when he put in the effort to get around Scott's excellent use of terrain to confound the gun line. And now back to the regular recording, and we'll see you again after turn three. And we're back at the end of turn three with Scott. Scott, tell me, what went well for you this turn? What did you score? Let's start there. Well, I uh, scored the strategy. Uh, My big best laid plans for scoring my one scheme went awry. I had to go with Nikima first because she was in line of sight of Lord Cooper and he had a focus. So I went first with Nikima, threw out some tots to engage him and did a little bit of damage, which then allowed him to go with Model 9. Um, I did finish him off. I did keep the strategy markers on my side of the board. That's about all that went right. Um, Mm. 
that he did score, uh, hold up his forces, kind of went down. When I moved Nakima up, he kind of pushed in on her and was shooting at her. So he did get a a model in close to her, which then I had to uh, try and take it out. And with my mature, which did not work, he uh, uh, had a car that could beat me and saved his Vitagi. And then that put the mature in the middle of the board and allowed him to move models up close to it to uh, get his uh, second model for Hold Up Your Forces. Ah. But now he has a lot of models surrounding the mature Neff. So hopefully I can uh, finish off some models. I, def- I mean, cards go decently in my way. I have the potential to kill two models before they activate. And Lord Cooper is engaged by miniature, which is always a good thing. So that's good. The bad is he scored his point, and I still haven't scored a, my scheme, and we're going into turn four. So it's kind of a now or never kind of thing. On the positive side, I should be able to move the one strategy marker so it's eight inches away so I can get my third point for the strategy. And again, like I said before, I do have the potential to get the scheme, but it is going to be a hard road to uh, get that. Because now my young pretty much has to do it by himself. Oh, yeah, that's going to be tricky. Yes. At this point, what is what specifically is your plan there? Well, that is a good question. He, does, he doesn't have any grow tokens, so I can possibly grow him this turn and get the free marker because Nakima can put one on him and then he can eat the corpse marker that's over there. So I can fly over there, drop a scheme marker, eat the corpse marker, and then grow and then get another scheme marker over there. Okay. But that means Nakima is going to have to get a grow token on him and that means she has to be within six inches of him and she is not within six inches, and she is engaged. That means my mature is going to have to kill the Vitagi, hopefully kill Artemis, and and that will free Nakima up to fly, give a grow token to the young. Black Blood Shaman moves the strategy marker, so the far edge is eight inches away. Easy peasy. And the tots do tot things. Really got to watch out for those tot things. Yes. Uh, I mean, when you put it like that, that sounds simple. Yes. Well, that's what I've been saying the last two turns, and it still hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how it goes this turn. Gotcha. So I'm going to touch on this again at the end, but I wanted kind of here at the, the end of the midpoint, if you will, at the end of turn three. How much of the game do you think right now is based on... It is happening the way it is based on luck of the draw on on card flips versus uh, the fact that these are two crews that both of you are relatively new at? Uh, I don't think the luck of the draw has had much impact on the game. I'm not one to blame cards, good or bad, unless it's on the extreme ends of both. So card flips, not that big of a deal. I think 
where it may have come in on being new crews. I think he has a little bit of an advantage there because Lord Cooper is a little bit more straightforward, whereas this version of Nekama is a lot of moving parts. You need to have your you know spacing for the auras a little bit more to remember than in OG Nekama where you just fly up and kill everything. So I think on just ease of crew, he has a bit of an advantage over me, but you know I think he's playing really well. He's he had a plan and uh, the Crypsis Core uh, auras for the pit traps hasn't come in a whole lot yet. But now that we're getting a little bit more closer, we've been doing that dance, and now we're in the middle of the board. I think that's going to become more of an issue. So I guess we'll have to wait and see, but. I think just on new crew wise, you might have an edge on just on you know the, a little bit easier to to use his crew. Okay, that's a interesting insight there. Thank you. I think that's everything we need. That's that's what went well. What could have gone better, and plans for going forward. So let's uh, okay. we'll talk to you at the end of the turn. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. And we're back after turn three this time with Jim. Let's talk about what went well. What did you score this turn? Let's start there. All right. Well, so I was able to keep up with the strategy and score the second point there. And I was able to reveal hold up their forces. I feel a bit proud of it because it involved Cooper using his not reload bonus action, which I don't think people see all that often Mm -hmm. because as his trigger to move everything apex within a pretty decent pulse three inches and that allowed me because at the end of the turn he finally connected his crew with mine in a scrummy way it's looking pretty spicy but that did get me my hold up their forces reveal so now i feel confident i can go into the mature heart you know pretty tough not pretty tough go into the mature seriously to try and go for vendetta and then you know, if I kill the mature, great. There's still a young and a black blood shaman that I could theoretically get the second point of it, but I at this point I'm okay with it just being a one point scheme. I just want to get at least one more point from Vendetta, and that's about where the good stuff went. Okay, what could have gone better? Well, I, I lost Model Nine. That was expected. He got a tot in. And it was that one wound in hazardous terrain. So I was like, oh, great. It's going to take an action and die. Forgetting that it can eat a corpse to heal. And it cranked the heal. So the taunt went back to full and then just waltzed out of my pit trap aura. Hmm. Right now, I'm not super keen on how the board state is. Uh, Cooper's engaged with a mature Nephilim. Most of my crew is within an inch of a model with black blood. I feel like the next two activations of his are going to be pretty painful. I'm thinking I'm going to lose Artemis, probably going to lose Vatagi, but, and here's the caveat, uh, going into the turn, I can put a, uh, I can put adversary on his mature, force it to go, and then the Crypsis will probably be able to plink some damage on it, because it gets a free suit on condition models. Mm-hmm. And two, min three, 
shots is going to do six damage to it if it regens. It's six damage on a full health mature is enough to drop it to reveal point for Vendetta. So that is going to be okay. And I feel confident that the Vitagi is going to get me my third strap point this turn. So I feel like I can expect to get two points. And once I'm on six VP, I'm feeling pretty confident. Yeah, especially going into to turn four when he hasn't revealed any of his schemes. Yeah, I think Vendetta's out. I don't see how he can score Vendetta at this point, That he, if he wouldn't have already. Or he gets the one point on like Black Blood Shaman on Model 9, right? Mm-hmm. Something that he's going for a one-point version of the scheme. Um, it still could be a scheme marker one, but I don't think he has the action economy to make a scheme one work this time. Um, I did a stun... Or not stun, I did stagger Nikima which I think is impactful because now she's engaged and she's moved four and both her and the mature are engaged, meaning that they can't move any of the strategy markers of mine on the left-hand side. So his denial and his ability to get a third strap point is going to take pretty much the rest of his crew. So I'm feeling like other than mature and Nakima having impactful activations and I say that the tots could all could both grow into young and then go onslaught my face off. But you know, what are you going to do, kids these days, right? <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of where I am right now. Okay. Um, so I had a, a thought, and I, I'm going to cover this more after turn five. But since we're just past the the halfway point at the end of turn three here, both of you are playing, as we mentioned earlier, crews that are relatively new to you. Mm-hmm. How much, based on the current board state and kind of your your view into the next two turns, how much has that affected the game versus, say, uh, just cards as they've been coming out? I think it's been a pretty impactful element. Um, I think that Scott's performance has shown a great grasp of fundamentals of the game. You know, he's using the terrain to his advantage. He's making sure to sequence things correctly and double-checking his auras. But, you know, he cheated a, a shove-aside in on one of my Vitagi and th- and misremembered how the push went. And that cost him a card, and I was able to keep the Vitagi alive by cheating over his next attack. Hmm. Um, likewise for me, I've misremembered how... My auras work. I got my I got myself tied up and stumbled over myself a bit, and had to pull zany actions with Cooper, where he's not shooting, but instead, you know, moving his crew around, which is not what this version of Cooper wants to be doing. So, I know I have spent some time in the think tank trying to figure out ways to score my points, and sometimes uh, looking at the way the board is right now, my plan. My initial plan going in is kind of in the uh, danger zone moment of having to throw it away and adapt. Mm-hmm. He's in his element right now. The only thing that's in my favor is I was able to move one of the Crypsis into range to put his mature in a pit trap aura. So, yay. But that, again, I think if I was more mindful of how those pit trap auras work and how I can like place the pit traps to set up the under the leaves... I wouldn't have to be skin of my teeth again. 
That's not even a phrase. Skin of my teeth again. What the hell? <laughs> you you made but, yourself uh, understood. I gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's kind of where I'm where I'm thinking is that I think Scott, you know, he's a neverborn player. He clearly knows what his young and matures do. I think he's still figuring out how Nikima what what Nikima wants to do because he hasn't used her bonus yet this game. And frankly, I. I'm a little surprised given that it's a long range obey to interact even while engaged for, for Nephilim specifically, which seems really good for when I'm trying to tie up his stuff on my strategy markers while proccing a black blood aura. Cause it's a action. Yeah. But I'm not telling him that until after the game. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's definitely a thing. It is only six inches, but like, yeah, she, he, he's got options. Yeah. Definitely a, a good question that we'll ask him at the end because I'm I'm definitely interested to see the the two of you discuss together how those wheels have been turning. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll get to that in a couple turns. For now, let's jump back into round four. Yes, excellent. And we're back after turn four once again with Scott. What went well for you in turn four? Let's start with any scoring you had going on. Well, I finally scored my scheme uh, exactly the way I had planned to do it. So that went well. I did win the Anish. My mature did kill the Vitagi, which freed up Nekma to do what I had planned to do. So that all went to plan. But... Unfortunately, I could not. My Black Blood Shaman came up just a bit shy on getting the strategy marker beyond the 8 inches. So, I did not score the strategy. Uh, Jim did get the strategy scored. He actually did a pretty good job on that. I had moved a Terratot to engage his Batagi Huntsman, who was the only one close enough to move it. And through some shenanigans, he uh, got some extra shots with Lord Cooper... And Lord Cooper eliminated several models as turned Terratots, which are easy for him to do because pretty much shooting at a Terratot, uh, well, especially with one who had three wounds, that's a one shot. And the other one, he uh, got to uh, get it up to a moderate. So took out both by Terratots, which allowed his Vitagi Huntsman to move the marker to score it for him. Um, and he scored uh, his Vendetta with a Crypsis Core on my Mature. So I, that was not the models I was thinking he was going to have it done with, but it did work out for him. So uh, kudos for him on that one. So right now it's a uh, five to three at the end of the turn, and don't see me coming back from this, especially since I would have to totally negate him from scoring points. I can get a tie, and that's the best I can do, which means I have to kill his Crypsis core who has Vendetta, because he did finish off my Mature, so I'd have to kill that. Which is doable. Uh, I did grow my Young into a Mature, so my Mature could get over there and kill him, but I don't see me stopping him from getting more of the strategies, because the one strategy marker, his Doggo, is next to it. So for me to get to that, somehow Nekmo would have to kill him, plus get where I need him her to be for the scheme. And that is unlikely to happen. But 
who knows? I mean, I can summon a uh, Terror Tide over there, and maybe it could finish off the dog, but there's a big fog bank in the way, so I can't. I'd have to move into the fog bank and move back and move a strategy marker and kill his Crypsis Core, and I don't think I have the models to do it. So, pretty much, Jim is probably going to win this at least six to five probably seven to five so but you never know bad things happen and hopefully bad things happen to jim but i don't <laughs> see that happening well I'd, I'd say you have a pretty good handle on the lay of the land there and i just want to give you a uh, big congratulations and kudos on despite seeing that as a probable future to me you don't sound like broken up over it which is is easy to do to, is to just lose any morale and just be like, well, I'm not going to win. Why finish the game? You know? Well, I mean, it's a game mm -hmm. and I have him fun playing Jim. He's a great opponent. So might as well finish it off. Fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm just listening to you guys. Like I'm having fun. So I'm glad you were both having fun too. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. Well, excellent. We'll go ahead and see how that all shakes out at the end of the game when we come back together, all three of us, for round five and the final finality of it. Thank you, Scott, for your take on that turn. No problem. And now we're back after turn four with Jim. Jim, tell us a little bit about what went well for you on turn four. What did you score? Let's start there. All right. As far as scoring, I was able to score the third strategy point, and I was able to reveal Vendetta. So that was really good. On top of that, I was able to remove the Mature after scoring Vendetta. So I am now in a position to score the second point of Vendetta, which I am double-checking as we speak to see if I need to be engaged. I don't. I just have to be alive. So I'm currently sitting at five points, which is the max I could have scored at this point, and I'm positioned, I think, to score two of the remaining points next turn. I am giving up on hold up their forces. I just need Nikima down. That's the other thing. Only a little scattered here. The, the heart of the cards was with me. And I lost Artemis, but I killed a Mature and dropped Nakima to four. I won the fight in the middle. Injured is pretty good. The two Tots got blasted off before they really did much. He lost three models that turn. That was not good for him. A lot of things went well. Yeah, that is that is significant and impressive to to deal with Nephilim in close combat and lose one model to everything he just took to the face. Yeah, I mean, to in in fairness to him, he did remove Artemis, he did remove one of my Vitagi. Two models. And, yeah. I mean, we're down to five models to his three, and he only has one pass token, and he doesn't have Ancient Pact anymore, so he's still only got the plus one to initiative for going into next turn. So I might try to contest the initiative flip, and if I get it, I am going to try and put Nikima down. Because if I put Nikima down, he's he can't score his... Uh, he scored Lugacarn's Clover, 
as I suspected it was one of the schemes. Mm -hmm. Killing her denies him that point. He is going to get a third strategy point this turn. I can't stop his shaman. But then he hasn't revealed his other scheme. So he's capped at three, four, possibly five points. Mm -hmm. At this point, I'm entering the how do I play for differential mindset, right? Because Mm -hmm. for those listening, if you go to organized play events multiple rounds in the day, usually differential is the tiebreaker. So, I mean, my locals, when we get to like turn four or five, we kind of know what the end of the game is, and talking things out is often very common, but it's important to actually play, because you never know what could happen. He could very well pull a sneaky on me and deny me a strap point this coming turn, if he goes with Nikima early. So, I'm getting a little in the weeds here, but... It's still a pretty close game, but I am definitely favored right now, I think. All right. Sounds good. And I I think it's important to, even at this point in the game, it's important to point out that I agree that you're favored, but I want to give you a bit of a shout out for not assuming that that tide is going to turn into a tidal wave in your favor. Uh, right. Because even though we're we're close, we're not quite across the finish line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is an important skill to have. Yeah, it, nothing in foe is guaranteed because jokers can happen. Right now, he still has a mature. He still has Nikima. I haven't won initiative. Um, and if Nikima wins initiative and runs away behind the building, I have very little ways to get Cooper into position to actually take the shot. Anywho. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, let's let's jump into turn five, and we'll all come back afterwards, and we'll see how it shook out. Yeah. And we're back at the end of the game with both of our players here. Scott, Jim, I want to just say, fantastic job for both of you. That was a very fun game just to watch. Scott, how about you tell us... How'd that end up? What was the final score? Well, final score was six to four. Jim pulling out an impressive victory. So my plans going into turn five, I started out strong. I did have my mature take out his uh, Crypsis core to prevent him from getting Vendetta. And then his Crypsis core returned the favor by shooting Nekima in the face and finishing her off, which basically put the seal on the game there. I wouldn't have been able to score my last points for Lugardrin's Clover, mm-hmm. or however you pronounce that. And I couldn't have done anything to prevent his dog from throwing the marker for him to get his last one. Didn't score any points for my other scheme, which was catch and release, which I thought when I picked it out was a little risky. Um, for uh, James, who didn't get to hear all the talks beforehand, uh, my young Nephilim 3 that Lord Cooper shot in the face and took his head off, that Oof. was my uh, catch and release model. Yeah, that's 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 rough. Yeah. So when I had set up, I thought that I might be able to get model 3, that I thought he was going to be coming more to the middle. I wasn't expecting him to go over all the way on the wing to harass my models. So I, that's who I was thinking about getting it in, because I knew if I got into Lord Cooper... 
One, I'd have to have activation mm-hmm. control because you can just move him around pretty much willy-nilly. And then even if I did get it on him, he wasn't going to live for the second point. So I was hoping you'd bring Model 9 a little bit more aggressively in the middle so I could score it on him. But, uh, yeah, that didn't work out. I mean, it's a solid, it's a solid play. And, you know, Model 9 is, like, the melee piece, I think, for at least Quillbox Cooper. But when I saw you going hard right there, and I was like, mm, I need to keep this guy as an option to go right if I need to. And then when you put your mature in the middle, you know, behind that building, I was like, ah, you got to go and tie things up for a bit. But yeah, you were using terrain like a boss. Yeah, I, I kind of have to with all the, I mean, you bought five shooters yeah. with you, so I had to to make it as difficult as possible, but that adversary, and I figured it was going to be on my mature for the vast majority mm-hmm. of the game. Uh, that's why I use that building, because he, even with concealing train and everything like that, and predatory instinct, you can still get straight flips and positive flips and then convert things over to get double pluses on damage. So even if I tie, you're on a straight flip and with a severe seven, yeah. things die quickly, which happened a lot in this game. It did. I, and I'll be the first to admit, I think my flips were above average. Like, not, you know, both of us played well, I think, and, and used what happened because, you know, flips happen. It's part of the game. But I do feel like I had a lot of flips that I was not cheating first on when it came to attacks. I mean, it happens. Yeah. I wouldn't say maybe slightly above average. I've, I I can't really think of a time that you were really getting a lot of good flips. And now, granted, you had quite, well, you had a few severes, but you were usually on straight mm-hmm. or bus flips. So, you know, those are going to come up with yeah. like that. So, I mean. It is what it is. I would definitely agree that that Jim was just a little bit over average on flips. I think the more impactful part as far as cards went is it seemed to me at least that when he was getting those good flips, it was when he needed them to happen. They were happening at key points. Yeah. We could go into an interesting rabbit hole on that, but I think that one of the things that is apparent to me after, you know, my incredibly deep one game with Apex is that plus flips to damage are good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and cheatable damage is good. Pro pro tip. <laughs> pro tip. Plus flip on damage good. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, because I've played against Lord Cooper, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, several times. The Crypsis Core getting the ability to get built-in crit strike, ignoring everything, just like most snipers, Lord Cooper, you know, 357 damage track. Uh, it's it's real hard unless there's just a lot of high, mm-hmm. very tall blocking terrain on the board for you to avoid all the stuff that they can do. And if there's a lot of, lot of blocking terrain, most people aren't going to bring Lord Cooper right. because he likes his sight lines. So... They're a damage-dealing crew, and, you know, they do it very well. Yeah. Yeah. So normally what I what I do here, and you guys have already covered a big part of it, is I, I ask, okay, who's, whose overall strategies worked and whose didn't work? 
but I, I don't think the answer here is who's did and didn't. I think it's the case of both of you had really good strategies. Both of you put them into motion and adjusted them as needed as much as you could. I think it just ended up being that, again, the the cases where they worked for, for Jim was more in terms of direct scoring, whereas Scott, your strategies of maneuverability and utilizing the terrain to the best of your advantage spot on it just wasn't quite enough to overcome the hail of bullets yeah i would i would agree on that um i think too that especially with the crew that jim had and made my options for schemes rather dismal so hold up your forces um, I can do that with the Youngs, but there mm-hmm. are a few models I can do it to. Um, so that was kind of out of play. Vendetta, again, I'd have to do it with Youngs, and I can't grow them. So that means I have Model 9 and the Crypsis Core I could choose, and the Crypsis Core going to be way in the back. And I'm glad he didn't take it because the way he played it well with the Pit Traps, if I'm going into the Crypsis Core, I'm gaining injured and damage mm-hmm. one every time I try and punch them. So that isn't a very good choice. I think my choice, I the choices I took were good. I just, uh, honestly, the young I had it on, his face got poked out just a little bit too far past that forest, and Lord Cooper shot it off. If I had him an inch farther back, mm-hmm. he doesn't get shot. So... You know, that's the way it goes. I, I moved him up a little too far, even considering he's maybe four to five inches outside my deployment zone. So, you know, I just, you know, it was well played. I mean, he used his movement tricks out of activation well, took uh, his, his shots of opportunity, maybe not what he maybe wanted to shoot. You know, that would be something for Jim to, to uh, mention on, but he shot at what he could and finished off the models. You were giving me some pretty poor targets to pick between. You know, clearly I want to go for the Juicy Mature or Nikima, and you're, you made it, like, I mean, what, I I shot a Todd at one point, I think, with Cooper? Yeah. I think that was a reload shot, but even so, you know, Master AP with a three five seven gun taking out a summoned four-stone model, that's a great use of, your, you know, your action economy if if it does take it out. But I would say that, likewise, I felt schemes were a little tricky. Again, I picked this because it's like the the core box plus the expansion box for Cooper. So, like, it's what I would get if I were to go to the store and buy, you know, my $100 first investment in Cooper box. And I wasn't really prepared to do any of the scheme marker ones just because of how many actions they took and how so much of my crews uh, sit back and shoot. So I was worried that I would have trouble with the Achilles. Like, Vendetta was, I thought, uh, you would know I would take Vendetta as just who it's on. And a Mature is a pretty obvious target, because it's big and expensive and I want to shoot it, because if it gets in my face, I die. So I think Vendetta was a good pick. Hold Up Their Forces, I think, was I overestimated how aggressive you would be. I thought you would like dive in and try and kill one of my dogs earlier. And because you played cagey, like I was taking things out and then 
I think it was turn three, I realized, huh, I might not be able to score this scheme at all because he's just dancing around me and I'm relatively slow. I don't have, I have a lot of movement tricks for like Cooper, but I can't move my entire crew around without Cooper doing his shouting at everybody bonus, which cost resources that I didn't have to devote to a pulse move. Yeah, and besides, you'd rather be using your free action to take another shot. Right, like, that's what you want to do. The one turn that I did use it to score hit, hold up their forces was like the, if I don't score this now, I will not score at this game kind of moment, which I appreciate that models have those kinds of once-in-every-ten-game abilities, but it was... So it was neat to try a little bit of everything on these models. Now, I do have a couple questions for you, if you don't mind. Sure. Not to hijack the, the, the talk here, but... Um, yeah, go for it. Go for it. I, I like the back and forth. I have put Nakima 2 on the table a few times, so I, what, what did you feel about her? Uh, I mean, obviously you had this experience of this game, but... You know, yeah. Uh, well, this is the third time I played her. Normally, I this this isn't the crew I took the other two times. Before, I would normally have two youngs, mm -hmm. and I would bring in her henchman. I took him out mainly uh, for two reasons. That one, it's another catch and release target for you, and he basically is, you know. Or at least the way I've been playing it is you throw him up in his face, you kill the biggest thing, mm -hmm. and then hope he lives to the next turn. I haven't really tried a whole lot on the killing with black blood, getting a terror tot, and I've seen some things on YouTube with that. But my first two games, I haven't had too much of a luck. So I wanted to try a three, mm -hmm. three young Nephilim just for the fact that they are great at break the line. And obviously, I'm going to grow one up into a mature as fast as I can, which then you promptly shot off the board. Uh, yes, in, in this scenario, that one got shot off the board. But in the aggregate, the, the few times I've played her, getting that second mature, that adds a lot of pressure to your opponent. Yeah, and I think the reason that one got taken out is I did not deploy well. So when I grew that one, I actually had to move eat the marker, and mm -hmm. then I was kind of out in the middle of no man plan where I couldn't get anywhere to hide from Lord Cooper. So if I had deployed him better, where I could just eat something, then move twice, or eat a corpse marker, then move twice, it would have been better, mm -hmm. but that was a mistake in deployment. Um, I, he got caught out in the middle of nowhere, and the best I could do was make it so you would have to move Lord Cooper before you could shoot it. So And he did that well. So... Out of curiosity, and I know this is a bit of a debatable model, have you tried Noxious Nephilim in the, in the crew? I have not tried them yet. I think there's something there, but I haven't gotten my reps enough in yet mm -hmm. to give it a try. So, I mean, it's a model I'm going to try, but as of now, I have not tried it yet. So, if I may, sure. the one cute thing that I found with him is you regurgitate you go early with him, you regurgitate, and then that procs memory of blood. So you can have, say, Nakima take a damage to cycle a card. You bring it on your Black Blood Shaman, okay. who moves, and as part of the bring it, ends a move on top of that corpse, 
proccing ancient ritual, and then you know stabs, you get another ritual, another corpse out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And you can you can essentially get a third ancient ritual corpse out, getting you up to I think seven grow tokens turn one between it, Nakima, and the the totem. Okay. So and and of course you're cycling cards every time you hit it with the mem- lost um, memory of blood. memories of blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which combos with your bloody banner trigger to cycle even more cards. So that when I when I've tried her, I've done that as like the the focal point. He does die like really easy. So I know that's not something a lot of folks like, but I, I don't know. I, I've enjoyed it, so I just wanted to share it. Yeah, I mean that stat line is unimpressive to say the least. But <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. I mean he does what what is he, ten wounds? On a cost nine I think model 11. hard to wound. It it doesn't matter, he's defense four, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll have to, I mean, I'll have to give him a try. You know, I, I've looked at him as kind of like, yeah, you know, card manipulation and then like a second round beater because mm-hmm. he's what a, he's got the same damage track as a mature, doesn't he? Just same like attack, yeah. Two mm-hmm. Doesn't have the I'll good have triggers. Try. Yeah, that's the trick. But yeah, no, that, that still sounds real gross as far as tricks to do with him because that's taking what I've seen broodmother do really well and just pouring like high octane gas in the tank. Well, and also too is if you have two matures on the board and a young's ready to grow, he could grow into a noxious. So that gives you more options on what you can grow your young mm, into. If nope. For some reason, your matures aren't dying. Noxious is a, an enforcer, not a minion, so it can't grow into it. Ah, okay. Yeah. No worries. But um, that's a thing, and. I don't know. I think she, I think she's definitely got some some neat plays. Like when you charged in with her and hit Cooper, and then pinged Black Blood dam pinged your mature to kill Artemis with Black Blood damage. That was really cool. I really liked that. Yeah, I was I was that was uh, in my plans. I had to kill the Vitagi so I could get Nekimo away, so I could put the grow token on the young, so that he could grow. <laughs> It gave me out a free scheme marker. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to kill the dog. And obviously I knocked him down. But uh, I'm like, I was like, oh, I never used their sword. And I can ping the mature to kill him. I mean, I knew the mature was likely going to die and probably would have if we had continued the turn. But, uh, or no, actually, no, yeah, he did die. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a way to kill two models before they activated. And do everything I needed to score my scheme. So it just kind of worked out. And honestly, I got a little bit lucky because my hand was garbage, as you saw, and I just was beating you on flips. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things, you know, your hand, if your hand's not so good, that means the, those high cards got to be in your deck somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I had a couple questions for the both of you. From more of a, these are both crews that you're both relatively new to. First, Jim, I really liked what you did of, I'm bringing this crew because it's something, if I just bought the crew box, like, here's the next 
the the next way to get it up to 50 stones because i i think the for cooper especially the rex is that big ooh like everybody wants to look at a model but i've i've seen a number of people make him work i've seen a number of people go that's a lot of stones mm-hmm. what do you think having with the way you use this crew this game and with the statements you've said about what schemes this crew appears to do well or not. What do you think would be the next thing you would buy for this crew if you had bought those two boxes? I can see buying the title box when it comes out. Okay. Cooper, Huntmaster, and the Empyrean Eagles. I think the Eagles are giving you those flanker, schemer, cheap pieces that can go and drop scheme markers for you which I think currently is what Uller and Artemis can do, which Artemis can do because she's nimble, move six, unimpeded. Uller has by your side. But then there's the question of, is Uller staying with Cooper to keep him out of trouble, or is he going up with Artemis to drop scheme markers and such? Now, you have a five-stone model that's move seven and significant Mm -hmm. in flight. And I would concur. I think the Rex is definitely one of those that you want to get, because especially if you get Huntmaster, he's really good with the Rex. Mm -hmm. But in my games, I have been more afraid of the Rex in Nevermore with Titania, because in Titania, uh, you know, in Cooper, who else is the centerpiece big model that has low defensive stats? There isn't really one. So it can kind of get bogged down in melee. In Titania, your opponent can bring the Rex, the Mysterious Emissary, Titania herself, and like, I don't know, pick pick Hooded Rider, pick, don't pick Killjoy, but literally <laughs> anything else. And it's like that threat saturation thing. So I would say if I were picking something up, probably the Cooper title box. Okay. I, I like all that insight there. Scott, with the, and I know you said this is a little different than the way you've built this crew before, but say you were going to play this game again, is there anything you'd change out of this crew? Anything you would add to this crew as a next purchase, either for this game or to widen the schemes that they can take comfortably? Um, What you could do is... I had seven stones, so I do have some leeway in this. Maybe you take out one of the young and you go something out of keyword, like the horseman, which give you, he can still pull models up the board, gives you a little bit more flexibility in the schemes I could take. I'd feel a little bit more comfortable bringing, spread them out with him. I could see that. So, so, cause he can pretty much set you up to score that early in the game, and also he's another threat as opposed to when you start off the game with just the one mature. So, and you'd still have, you'd only leave you three stones. Riders are... Eleven. Eleven, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you would leave you with three stones, but you only have one soul stone user. And with, and I didn't use it too much this, this game because I just spread out a little bit more than I think this crew wants to. So I could use the bloody banner to cycle cards 
But I mean, you do have good card cycling in this crew, so you mean down a little bit on stones wouldn't be that big of a danger. So that might be something I would bring in with this, or maybe uh, I mean, just going to the all stars or and I, and I don't really like bringing stuff out of keyword, especially in a Nephilim crew because of the black blood. You have to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. It kind of maybe a choice out of left field where you could do maybe a vendetta thing is you could bring Hinamatsu in, and then she also has a lure, so you could uh, maybe pick Vendetta on like a young on something else and use her to pull it in, and then young can finish it or get the Vendetta. That way you're not putting yourself at risk so much. Okay. I just want to say for all the players who have had to face a Hinamatsu, ew. Yes. She is so good. Yeah. <laughs> she, and yeah, so... That might be something I might think of. That'd be a little bit of a cheaper option than the rider. Um, so you'd have, what, maybe five or six stones left over? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I took out a young and put in a Hinamatsu. So those would be two options to do out of keyword. But maybe just going usually with my usual plan, going with a two young and her henchman, which I don't understand why the name escapes me. Hey, Redden. Hey, Redden. Hey, yes. Hey, Redden. <laughs> so then you're looking at probably six stones, because I think he's an eight-cost model. Sounds right. Or maybe he's nine. So you're looking at five or six stones with two soul stone users. And again, he's another threat that uh, you have to watch out for, um, along with the matures and mm-hmm. any matures that may grow. Mm-hmm. So may- maybe taking him out. So he would only have one catch and release target. May have been a bit premature, but yeah, it was it was worth. I think it was worth the uh, worth the change to my list for the three youngs to see how they would do, as opposed to having Hayward in there. Just mm-hmm. I mean, pretty obvious over the last year or so what Hayward does. He goes and and squishes things. He, he deletes models. Yes, I mean he and he does it real well. <laughs> Cool. Well, the the other question I had for you was, and I'm going to change this a little on the fly. Normally I ask, like, what were some unexpected plays from your opponent? You guys have both covered a few of those, uh, so I want to stick with this idea of we have this game where both of you are playing these crews fairly new to yourself. What's something you learned about either your crew or your opponent's crew that you didn't know at, at the beginning of the game? Scott, let's go ahead and start with you. Keep with the Scott Goes First theme. Mm-hmm. All right. The versatility with Nekama, um, like I had said, I had never used her sword, and granted, most games you don't want to use her sword. She has a lot more going on than just hitting things. If you're going to have Nekama hitting things, you might as well play Nekama 1, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. her sword's a lot better. But seeing the play where I could go in and hit... And then have my mature bleed on his dog, you know, is not something you're going to see maybe once every 10 games. But the, there is that opportunity there to do that. And if I needed to, I had a fallback on that is that I could dark bargain the mature. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to tie up, wanted to tie up Lord Cooper with Nekama. So that it would make it harder for him to be able to do things with Nekma in his face. Mm-hmm. In the long run, it, for that 
it worked out well getting rid of the dog, but in the long run, uh, it ended up hurting me because then Nekoma died shortly thereafter. But she just how much versatility. You can't just go in with this plan and stick to the plan. You have to be able to work out on the fly with just how much she has going on her card. You know, obviously the big obvious one is summoning Teratops, which is what you're going to be wanting to do most of the time. But that's not always the best option. So you have to be very flexible with her as opposed to Nekoma 1 where it's go in, kill stuff, and, you know, then ski. Well put. Jim, how about you? I would say that I was pleasantly surprised by that, as I mentioned earlier, the the play of pinging yourself for Black Blood off of your attack on someone else to, you know, both tie up Booper and kill off one of my models. That was really good. I think for the Apex crew, what surprised me the most were the Crypsis Core. You know, I came in thinking that their patient strike was a one and done. Like as soon as you took your patient strike, you you removed the marker, and that wasn't the case. But they just did so much work over the course of the game. They had passive work from beneath the leaves with only a handful of pit traps. You know, and I know if I practice this, I could put the pit traps in a better sequence so that I'm not like tripping over them. But they just kept having shots. Now, part of this is, of course, um, Nephilim generally have defense stats of about five because of the regen and the healing and speed and all that jazz. Mm -hmm. So I was able to be on equal stat, so I could cheat to hit. But the fact that that comboed with predatory instinct meant that I was regularly hitting for three to four damage per shot, which is... You know, that adds up when you can either take the shot on your activation, or if your opponent's being cagey, just say, I'll spend an action now, and I'll shoot you later. Like, that is what is what wild, that's wild to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we don't have another instance other than really focus, where you, or I guess life of crime with bandits, where you, like, spend an action now, and it's, like, banked. And you can use it later. And that just feels really impactful when you're doing that over a 14 inch, you know, range on the board. Yeah, their, their aura that they turn terrain around, uh, that was in that aura into that aura is, uh, really good. Especially if there's hazards on the board already mm-hmm. and you don't even have to worry about the pit traps or it gives you more variety on where you can be. And since, a lot of times you see them shooting at models with the adversary that Lord Cooper gives out. You got that built-in crit strike. So now if you flip that ram, you're been poor damage. Crypsis Court, yeah, they're they're no joke. They they can dish out a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. And that's before doing the thing I always thought was super cool about them. That patient strike is a, a gun icon, mm-hmm. which means you can make it 24 inches with Sniper. I'll, I'll be right back. I, I need to go <laughs> think about this. <laughs> the light bulb went off. Yeah, I found that out firsthand the the first game I played against Cooper, and it was upsetting. <laughs> That's amazing. I uh, yeah. Oh man, it's payday this week. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm actually surprised that you don't see Crips's core taken more out of keyword. 
I know before some of the erratas hit, there there were a couple people I'd heard about who would like just put a Crypsis core in everything. So I I don't know if something about one of the erratas shifted that or what, or if I just haven't been listening to the right bat reps and things of that nature, but like I I just haven't heard about them since maybe October. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it certainly feels like chatter about Explorers has died down outside of Nexus 2 and McCabe 2, and even McCabe 2 is not really talked about as much. And then Maxine 2. They're the ones I hear all a lot about. FYI, internet, they're not dead. Well, and I, I wonder how much of that is just the fact that we just doubled the number of masters in the game, so everybody's kind of going, I'm really excited about the new shiny faction, but I also want to figure out the new version of, like, my top three to five favorite masters. And that's that's going to take time and, and a lot of practice. It absolutely is. We are so far from knowing everything about what, like, what is all the tricks that you can pull with this, with, with models out now these days. Mm-hmm. Like, what was it the other day? Not uh, brain fart. But like, it was a combo I was thinking of. And it's gone. Never mind. That's okay. But the point is, there are combos out there that folks have not discovered yet that are are just, oh, that's what it was. I put Tony 2 on the table for the first time the other day. Right. I say first time. I've, I've gotten like three or four games in with her. Did you know that she can just casually dump 12 damage on someone in an activation and obey three of her friendly models from 10 inches away? I may have heard about this once or twice, but do tell. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I heard about it on some, what was it, uh, Steams and Scoundrels? I don't know one one of them one of them newfangled <laughs> yeah, podcast them. <laughs> things. Yeah, but no, I was um, I just wanted to try it out because I had you know been looking at her and thinking there's got to be something to this. And I was listening to Doug's episode on Harlefell, and you know it, it's infectious enthusiasm. And I tried, it and I was like, bananas! This this is just bananas. I don't know, Scott, have you had any experiences like that with the burn stuff where you're just like, this is amazing? Yeah, I ran into the double master Maxine Jetsa 2, Maxine 2 Jetsa 2 thing. Oof. I was playing my Dreamer 2 crew, and I thought I had my Widow Weaver in a safe spot. Turns out I was wrong, and that getting a Jetsa 2 Red Joker to the face of Widow Weaver is not good for her health. Oh, no. Yeah, but yeah, I, uh, I mean, and I had even heard about it because they, you know, they had, was it, uh, Cody had a tournament that he did that on, and it's one thing to hear about it, it's another thing to see it on the table. Hmm. Truer words have never been spoken. Yeah, people should go out and play more games, mm-hmm. play more Malifaux. Yes. I, I agree 100%. This, is, this has been a wonderful episode with both of you on there, and I agree with that last sentiment. But for now, I think we're just going to have to say, let's get both of you back on here for another game or general discussion again soon, because this has been great. But for now, I think we need to sign off and remind people that doesn't matter how well laid your plans are, 
you make the plan, you act, you plan to execute the plan, but while you're doing that, you expect the plan to go off the rails and make sure you have a backup for when you throw away the plan. Absolutely. Yes, Dungeon Master's first rule. The party will, will ruin your plans. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's there's some ancient tactician that has a very succinct way of putting this, but it's against my soul to say such things so succinctly. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, I will once again fail to have a good sign-off here, but thank you both so much for coming on. It was a blast. Thanks for having me. It was great. Yes, thank you. It was a great game, James. Yeah, and gentle listeners, make sure to check out Breach Burned and the Other Coast, as well as James. What was your uh, YouTube channel? It's uh, I'll, I'll send a link. I don't remember. I, just, I think it's just my name. Okay, just like Jim's. Channel. Yeah, send send that to me. I'll uh, make sure it's in the show notes. Yeah, cool. Yeah. But everybody, check them out. We love all of our content creators here on Steam Powered Scoundrels. And uh, in the meantime, go play more games. Go make some plans and throw them away and make more. Have a good night, everyone. Catch and release target. Music used in this production are Onion Capers, Marty Gots a Plan, and Five Card Shuffle. All music is created by Kevin McLeod and is used under Creative Commons.